thank God. <laughs> Love Talk Radio. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up a bird, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. Gain new knowledge, get a fresh new start. Day Network will bring you there. So let's talk about it when life and on the air. Good morning, everyone. The sun is shining. It's a beautiful day. And we are going to have a phenomenal show. We have Brian Freeman here, the author of My Fight. I love this guy. I love Jonathan Stride. The Zero Night. After nearly dying of a gunshot wound, I remember that, Jonathan Stride has been on leave from the Duluth police for more than a year. When his partner, Maggie Bay, she's the boss basically, gets called about a suspicious abduction involving a local lawyer, she tells Stride, it's time to come back. That's just part one, and then we have to talk about a struggle that Serena, I love Serena too, is having because of her mother's death. So good morning, Brian, and welcome back to MJ Network. This book really got me. I love it. Good morning. Well, it's it's great to be back with you, and uh, yeah, I've, I've, you know, it's, it's uh, this is the 11th book in the Jonathan Stride series, and, and anytime you've got a long-running series like that, you're always... You're always hoping yeah. that readers will, will stick along for the ride and new readers will continue to embrace the series. And, and I've been so pleased to see so many of the advanced readers saying that uh, this, is their, uh, this is their favorite book in the series yet. And uh, I, I, I love that. So. It is my favorite, too, because it brings about a different side of stride and definitely a different side of Serena people. <clears throat> yes. So. Yes, that's exactly right. See, I got that. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about this this book. And Stride gets, I know, I remember he gets hurt, and I was really worried because I said, you're not going to kill off my favorite guy. And then Serena. So what's the backstory with them? Because they're, they're not happy. That's not good. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know, Stride and, Stride and Serena, they, they've had a, an, an interesting sort of rocky up-and-down um, relationship mm-hmm. over the course of uh, of, of 11 books. And I, and I can't believe that going back to uh, Immoral, which was the very first one, if, if you can imagine, that was, uh, mm-hmm. that was uh, 17 years ago that Immoral first came out. Uh, so we, we, we've been, we've been doing this a long time, Fran. But uh, mm-hmm. so it's, um, but, but Stride and Serena, I, I've, I've always said that I want their relationship to feel, you know, real and three-dimensional mm-hmm. and, and authentic. And um, uh, so, you know, when, when I'm talking about a, a series book, um, you know, and I, I obviously have a lot of standalones, which is sort of a different kind of animal, but then I've got, you know, the Stride series and the Frost Eastman series and the Cab Bolton series. When I'm, when I'm looking at a new uh, series book, so when I was looking at, at what to do in the Zero Night, um, I start thinking not about the plot. Um, I actually start thinking about where the characters are in their lives. Mm. Um, uh, and, and I think about what are the sort of the next steps for them as, as people and, and what are the issues that they need to face in their worlds and their lives. And, um, and when I think about that and I think about kind of where they're going, then I start building 
a plot around those ideas so that, that what's happening in the mystery of the book sort of forces the characters to, 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 to grow and examine where they are in their lives. And, uh, and that was true of the Zero Night. I mean, I, I, the first thing I did was go back to the last stride book, which was Funeral for a Friend. And uh, uh, mm. Funeral for a Friend, that's such a, an, an, an emotional, intense stride novel. And um, stride is uh, uh, nearly killed uh, in that book. Um, uh, but of course I've always promised readers I'll, I'll never actually kill off stride. Uh, I can't. And, and, and that's very, and that's very deliberate because I, I never want, I, I understand why writers will sometimes kill off, you know, important characters because it sort of gives it dramatic juice to the, to the series. I really try to avoid that because I think what it also does, unfortunately, is, is color and shadow the series for the reader. So they can't go back and reread those books without the, the sort of sh- the, the knowledge and shadow of what happens to that character darkening the experience. So I may put them through hell, but I, I try to avoid uh, killing them off. Um, but it, it meant that in, in, at the end of Funeral for a Friend, and as I was thinking about the Zero Night, um, I was in a position where I was thinking, okay, where is Stride in the wake of this very, you know, uh, mm. intense experience in his world? And and so uh, the, the the action of the Zero Night takes place about a year after um, uh, the end of Funeral for a Friend, and Stride is still on leave from uh, from the police, and and he's uh, he's watching the other people in his lives kind of you know get on with their lives, and, and Maggie is sort of taking on his old role in the detective bureau and, and Serena is working for Maggie and, and, and he's sort of kind of struggling with the issue of where is he in life? Mm-hmm. Does he want to, does he want to go back to the police and face the darkness of, yeah. of dealing with crime and mysteries again? Does, uh, you know, does he want to do something else with his life? Does he want to retire? I mean, those are all the kind of things that, that are going through his mind. Um, and, uh, and so I was thinking about, you know, that essentially, you know, Stry's role in the mystery would involve him sort of having to face, <clears throat> that struggle and decide what you know what the future holds for him, um, and then I started thinking about Serena as well. And um, you know, I, I'm with you. I, I love Serena as a character. Um, I think when you first meet Serena in in Immoral all those years ago, um, you know, I think people you know may have you know initially thought, oh well, you know, Serena's you know is, is so beautiful. Is is she you know kind of a uh, you know, is, is there more to her than 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 her mm-hmm. looks? And and uh, I think that you know, as you get to know Serena and and as she's grown and evolved in um, in the course of the stories, I, I think you really get a sense of of the the depth and seriousness of her as as a person and and a detective. Um, and it's been a few books now since I've really had a chance to focus on Serena as a character, and and I kind of shift my focus to different people in the in the series with with each different book. I mean, Stride's always in there. But sometimes he plays a, a greater or lesser role depending on what's going on in, in the book. So I was thinking about Serena, and um, Serena is a product of um, an abusive childhood um, mm-hmm. back in, in Phoenix, and she, she ran away from that childhood when she was only 16 years old, and, and that's how she wound up in, in Las Vegas uh, and where she was connected with Stride. Um, and, and she hasn't spoken to her mother in decades. Um, so I felt like whenever Serena's mother passed away, that um, mm-hmm. that was going to dredge up a lot of uh, a lot of issues for her, and she was going to have to confront emotional things in her past that mm-hmm. she really had sort of pushed down and, and hadn't dealt with. And so I, I deliberately 
wanted this mystery to, to force Serena to a position where she was going to have to uh, really start kind of dealing with the, the impact of her past and her mother and, and see if there was a way she could kind of come out on the other side of that. So that, that, was, that was how I started assessing the, the emotional dynamics of the characters, and then I started kind of building the mystery around that. I, I couldn't put it down. Once again, I got eye strain. I sat down and just and just read it, yeah. And you know, it's it's funny because I won't tell you which author killed off a major character, and I yelled at him when I interviewed him in March. Yeah, it, I said, it, how, yeah, you know, it, how could you do that to me? I I know, and 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 I and again, I get it from a creative standpoint that particularly in a in a series, if if you know something yeah. dramatic like that happens, it it forces the series into new directions, and it it forces it sort of opens up new avenues for. The, um, for the author in terms of where they, they take the series going forward. At the same time, you know, I, I mean, I know it's life and I know it happens, but at the same time, I, I, I don't want to sort of cheat the reader like that. And I feel like that puts the reader in a position where, again, it, it, it shadows their enjoyment of the earlier books in the series, knowing what the end of that character is. Um, and I would rather not do that. I'd rather, you know, my readers you feel don't. like they could, they, they could go back you know, all the way from Immoral and read the whole series over again and feel like they're going to get, you know, the, the same enjoyment out of those books the next time around uh, as they did the first time. Uh, and, and, again, get to, you know, really get to know the characters as they proceed through the series. Yeah, well, he, he destroyed the main character, too, for a while. So I really no, said, please don't do that again because I'm going to cry. No, really. <laughs> and, and the next book, he killed off another one. And that, that didn't bother me as much. So we have a, a person. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he gets. It depends brought into on who they case. kill. Yeah, some, some, some you're and happy this, to get rid of. So <laughs> I, I, I know because I'm learning from you and from everybody how to get rid of one of my characters if I ever figure out how to write the book ever finish it. So we have Attorney Gavin Webster. Hmm. And he yeah. made a hundred thousand dollars. This guy was cool. In ransom money because his wife was kidnapped. She's the local lawyer. But now the money's gone in. She's gone in. Stry discovers that there's something not right there. So tell us about that case. And then we're going to get to Serena and her mother and something that she, someone she didn't know about. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, Gavin Webster. Yes, yes. Um, I, I, you know, it, it's funny. I've, I've worked with a lot of lawyers uh, in in my life. I actually work. I'm not a lawyer mm. myself, but I worked. At, I worked at a law firm for about eight years right before I, I broke through with uh, Immoral. And um, I've, I've actually been pretty kind <coughs> to uh, lawyers uh, in in most of my books. I don't think I have too many too many difficult mm. lawyers in there. And Dale, Dan mm. Erickson in the Strine series, he's a, he's a little bit of a pill, but um, uh, but most of the other lawyers come out okay. Uh, Gavin Webster, yeah, he's he's an interesting he's an interesting case, and, and I, I very deliberately structure Gavin so you don't really know what to think about him. Um, and you meet him uh, basically on, on page one of the book. Um, Gavin Webster is sitting in the pouring rain down in Canal Park in Duluth, and he has an empty, uh, an empty briefcase on his lap, and and he has called uh, Stride's partner Maggie, who's sort of taking over mm-hmm. for Stride in the wake of, of Stride's uh, being shot. Uh, and uh, when Maggie gets there, <clears throat> Gavin tells her that um, that his wife has been kidnapped, and and he he deliberately kept 
the police out of it per the kidnappers' instructions, and um, uh, and they they demanded a one hundred thousand dollar ransom, which which he paid. Uh, but uh, now hours have passed since he he uh, tossed the ransom to someone on a boat in the harbor, um, and there's been no call and there's no sign of where his wife Chelsea is, and so he's feeling suddenly like he made a a horrific mistake, uh, and um, and now he's brought in Maggie. Um, and so really the, the, the issue uh, that, that Maggie faces and that ultimately Stridewell faces as he gets pulled into mm. this, this case is um, um, can you trust Gavin Webster? Uh, and what was the real nature of his, his marriage to, to Chelsea? And um, uh, uh, was, uh, was, was this a case of a kidnapping um, or was this a case mm. of uh, – uh, uh, that something else might have been going on because the, the more they dig into it, the more they find that uh, there may have been reasons that uh, Gavin would have been perfectly happy to see his wife disappear and never come back. Yeah, well, wait till they find out the truth. <laughs> it gets really, it gets really, it gets really spooky, and I was like, I had a funny feeling about it. Now we have Serena, and poor Serena's mother supposedly committed suicide. And then Serena's going to find out something that she didn't know, right? And she's somebody that she doesn't know about. And the only person that could send to her is my other favorite character, Kat. I love this kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I first introduced Kat in, in The Cold Nowhere. And, and ever since that, that was, well, yeah. that was probably about six, six books ago at this point. And ever since, uh, ever since then, Kat, you know, has been a, a very key uh, a key part of the series. She's a um, she's sort of a reckless um, teenager, and yet yeah. as the books have gone on, I think she's she's gotten sort of more and more mature and and more and more able to deal with things. And and she's always played a you know an important role in in kind of bringing Stride and Serena together and and being you know kind of the glue that holds them together. And um, uh, so uh, so Serena, I think, always relies on on Cat just as much as Cat relies on on Serena. But um, yeah, as Serena uh, as 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 Serena is getting called out to be part of the investigation into the the kidnapping of Chelsea Webster, mm-hmm. um, she gets a call from the, the police in in Phoenix to let her know that they they have found her mother um, homeless outside on a bench in a in a Phoenix park, and and she she has she has died, um, and uh, and and Serena. Again, this is this is something that she's known has been coming, uh, and mm. yet when it happens, she claims she's she's fine, and she says, you know, she she hasn't had she hasn't you know talked to her mother, dealt with her mother in ages. She's 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 okay with it. And Stride, mm. seeing the sort of the deadness on on Serena's face, realizes that Serena is you know by no means fine, and uh, she is. She is struggling. Uh, she is struggling with this and and all the things that this is going to dredge up from her past. Mm. Um, so, uh, so Serena gets called out on the on the Webster kidnapping, but um, she's not in a good place, and uh, and and that's about to have some some rather difficult implications for for her career as as she's mm-hmm. struggling with the idea of her mother's death simultaneously while she's in the midst of this investigation. Well, she does something that that causes them to take her off because she goes cuckoo, she goes nuts, and then she does something awful. We won't say what. It's even though it's on the back cover, so that's something. But Stride has to deal with this ransom. So the significance of the ransom and how come 
something's wrong with it. The numbers don't add up. Doesn't add up. <clears throat> yeah, you know that's that's the thing about this kidnapping is they 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 start looking into it and and uh, mm-hmm. uh, again you know I I think that Maggie in particular never never trusts lawyers so she's she's a little wary of Gavin <laughs> Webster right from the get go and uh, and and the more they they dig into this hundred thousand dollar ransom they they start to feel like there are there are questions um, for example I mean where did Gavin put his hands on one hundred thousand dollars in cash yeah uh, that is a, that is not an easy thing to do, and, and if you if you go to a bank and say I'm I'm going to withdraw a hundred thousand dollars in cash, uh, there are going to be a lot of questions asked and, and a lot of you know federal forms filled out, and uh, uh, and yet Gavin didn't do any of that. So where did he get the money? And he won't say where he got the cash to deliver for the, mm. the ransom. And, and then ultimately, when they start finding uh, things to lead them to the ransom, there's there's hints to suggest that. Uh, that, that there was not, in fact, $100,000 involved here, that they're, they're only able to, to locate some $5,000. So what was really going on here, and did this, this cash ever actually change hands? Yeah, were there actually really people that, hmm. There's a lot of secrets in there, people. You want to read this because, let me tell you, this is really cool. I mean, the, the character changes are amazing. And when we we can't forget Cat. We're gonna, I'm going to talk about Hank Miller. The poor guy got killed. What can you do? Um, <laughs> she she still has that rebel friend, that kid that she's friends with, right? Because she, you know, that that that's Cat. You have to love yeah, her. Yeah, Cat. Uh, yeah, that, that, and that's what that's what I really like about you know that that's what makes the Stride series so special to me is the way the characters have have grown and evolved over the course of, of 11 books. Uh, you know, it's funny because yeah. uh, just, just a few weeks ago, I, uh, I always listen to audio books when I'm on the treadmill, and uh, I, I decided I'd go back and, uh, and listen to Immoral, uh, which I'd never listened to the audio book uh, before, and, and it's now been, you know, probably, you know, almost, you know, you know, 17, 18 years since I've actually read Immoral. So I listened to I listened to Immoral, the very first book in the in the Stride series, and um, it was it was fascinating to me to see how you know how Stride and the other characters are so different today when you mm-hmm. watch them in Funeral for a Friend or the Zero Night compared to how they were at the very beginning with um, with Immoral, and and that's because they have grown and changed and evolved um, you know in three dimensions in in all of the books. Since then, um, and uh, and I think that's what keeps the series fresh. I mean, I don't think series books, um, you know, fade away because of of plot. Uh, I think series books fade away if the characters start mm-hmm. becoming stagnant and 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 you know failing to change. So I love the fact that that Stride, Serena, Maggie, as as you meet them, you know, today are are very very different from how they started. And hopefully, as when when a reader picks up a new book, I mean, I always write my series books. So you can dive in anywhere. You don't need to have read the, the earlier books. You dive in on a new book, whether it's Funeral for a Friend, whether it's The Zero Night, uh, and, and hopefully you, you sort of fall in love with these characters, and you want to see how did they get to that point in their lives. Um, just like if you, you know, meet someone later in life and become friends with them, mm-hmm. um, it's, not like you're gonna, it's not like you're not going to develop new friends you know, after you're in your 20s. You're going to develop friends throughout your life. Uh, and then when you meet them and you like them, then you want to go back and kind of find out their stories. How did they get to that point in their lives? And I think the same is true mm-hmm. of, of series characters. Um, and Cat, Cat is a really good example of that. I mean, when, um, when, when Stride and Serena first meet Cat in, in the cold nowhere, Cat is basically, you know, a, a 16-year-old homeless 
you know, uh, prostitute, and um, uh, she's making some terrible mistakes in her life, and <clears throat> making some some bad choices, and uh, and and um, slowly but surely, I mean, you know, Stride and Serena essentially have Cat, you know, you know, in their lives, and and you know, mm-hmm. living with them as the series goes on, and you know, Cat is is you know, is, is slowly maturing and changing. Uh, and, and some of that, that recklessness is, is starting to turn into to, to strength and courage. Um, and, you know, I mean, she's still young, she's still going to make mistakes, but as you meet her mm. now in, in, in the zero night here, she's, you know, she's going off to college and, and she's mm. starting to kind of turn the tables and, and be able to offer, you know, advice and counsel to Serena and, and to stride as well in ways that, you know, in, in the past, they would have been sort of trying to help her through their, their struggle. So I love watching that, you know, that kind of evolution of, of the character uh, as, as the books progress. Well, I think that she'd be very great at counseling kids and everything else. Sounds like a career. You never know. Yeah, Cat's a, 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 really, a really smart girl uh, who just, again, you know, yeah. had, had a troubled past. And, and, uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, and part of that troubled past is where that, that parallelism with Serena comes up, yeah. and I think that's why Serena feels so close to Cat, and vice versa. Is they've they've both been through, you know, some some you know severe stuff in their their childhood that kind of led them down different roads. Could use a cat. So now we come to the poor guy. Hank Miller, he's dead. How come? Uh, yeah, Hank Miller. You know, I mean, I. <laughs> I, I <just> <laughs> it's like Hink. so what. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, and and uh, so you know he's he, he's he's uh, kind of a he's just sort of this mystery character that's out there, and uh, and and he becomes kind of a a linchpin in leading you know Stride and Maggie into into the heart of of what was going on in in this kidnapping, uh, and um, mm. and of course I won't give away, you won't give away any of the details of what's going no. on, but uh, but Hink you know Hink kind of becomes the, the first little um, uh, link in the chain that starts to open up what was really going on uh, in the kidnapping. And, um, and, and I think, you know, and the, the thing about the investigation that, that leads them toward Hink is it, 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 gives, um, it gives Maggie and Stride a chance to get back together. And, uh, and, mm-hmm. and Stride sort of, you know, dives back into what is it like to be a detective and, and is, is that what he wants to do with his future is return to, you know, to his old life. Um, you know, and so being back out on the streets with with Maggie and and interviewing people and and uh, it, it uh, you know there's there's always the opportunity for some of that sly humor that that Maggie is great about um, that all of that starts to give a, a sort of a normalcy to Stride's life that that you know he feels that old adrenaline of of you know what it's like as as he starts to get kind of closer to the truth. Well, he better not go back to Maggie because he's married to Serena. So yeah, no, I don't think we, I don't think we need to worry about that. But you know, you can't thing, do that. Again, no, that know, would not be good. That, yeah, otherwise, I'd have to, you know, have about, the word with her. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the that's the interesting thing about the characters. I mean, back in in the fifth Stride book, the yeah. burying place, yeah. um, there was there was this issue with with Stride and and Maggie that, that yeah. threatened temporarily derailed his relationship with Serena. And I mean, I remember. <laughs> I will. I yeah, and I I will. I remember too because a lot of readers were really mad at really mad at me. <laughs> For uh, the fact that you know Stride and Maggie temporarily, you know, had this affair, um, and you know what I always said was you know was was two things. I mean, one, you, you have to when you're talking about a series book like this, you have to see each novel as really a yeah. a, a single chapter in a much longer book, um, and so 
Um, it's, it's, you know, what, what happens in one book, you know, it, it's, it's part of the evolution of, of the characters. And the second thing is I, I think that, you know, again, I, I want these relationships to be very authentic and very three-dimensional and, and true to life. And, and there was, in my mm-hmm. mind, there was no way that, 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 you know, Stride and Maggie were so close as friends, and Maggie clearly had feelings for Stride and had for a long time. Um, mm. Serena and Maggie's relationship was always kind of a frenemy relationship where they, 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 they liked each other, they, they understood each other, but they never completely trusted each other when it came to Stride. Um, that, that sooner or later there was going to have to come a time where um, Stride was going to turn to Maggie uh, and, and, uh, and this was going to cause you know, problems in, in the nature of that triangle. Um, it just felt to me like that's something that had to happen, that, that those characters were going to have to explore that and, and get through it, even if it was, you know, a very, you know, rocky, difficult, you know, uh, change in the dynamics of their relationships. That was something that was sort of a, a true life inevitable thing that, that was going to happen in, in, in the real world. Um, so, you know, it, it meant that that was something I was going to have to deal with in, in the books. So, um, uh, and, and again, that's part of, you know, that's part of the process is, is having these characters, you know, grow and evolve and change in ways that readers understand and can relate to, even if they, they, they may get mad at the characters for some of the mistakes and, and, and poor choices they make. Well, I have a character that we don't like. Here he comes. <clears throat> then Stride can't stand him. That's Lance Beaton. He doesn't want to <laughs> deal with this guy, right? And then we have Chelsea, who's missing... So how does she fit in? And then we get to the good part next. You won't believe what yeah. we're going to find out. I, 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 you know, there. One of the one of the the fun things about a series book is is uh, is the opportunity to <clears throat> introduce um, you know sort of quirky new characters that um, yeah. that that become foils for the for the heroes. And Lance Lance Beaton is is you know I I, I love Lance. Uh, he, he's new to the series and. He's a, a superior police officer, and by that I don't mean a, that he's better than anyone else. He, he works in Superior, Wisconsin, which is right on the uh, other side mm-hmm. of, the, uh, of the bridge from Duluth. Um, and, uh, and, and Lance is just one of those uh, you know, uh, folks that's you know, happy to take credit and, and uh, likes to you know, kind of see his name in the headlines. And, uh, and, and so he's, he's always been um, – you know, kind of a uh, uh, a, a foil for, for Stride and Maggie. And so they have a lot of fun, you know, uh, talking about Lance and, and Maggie in particular, I think, has some, you know, makes some, some great jokes at Lance's expense uh, that um, I, I think, again, you know, it's little elements of humor, I think, are, are really important in, in the kinds of books that I write. Because, you know, I'm dealing with, with, you know, intense, deep emotions among all the characters. I'm dealing with dark things happening. Uh, I, I don't tend to use explicit violence, but, you know, violent things are happening. These are mysteries and thrillers. Um, and so I think it's, it's helpful to have those little moments of humor that just sort of um, give the, the reader a little bit of a break from the, the, the darkness and the drama. And, um, you know, Maggie mm. in particular is really good about that. And, and I think that having had the opportunity to, to introduce Lance, it, it just, you know, it, anyone who frustrates Maggie <clears throat> is is going to be you know the, the the subject of her jokes and uh, and and that when a, a frustrated pissed off Maggie is always a, a a fun a fun character to read about. Yeah, I know. He's really he's really she. But we have Chelsea. But here we go. 
Kat is about to find out something, and Serena has to face something. Um, who is Delaney, and what is her reaction when she finds out her mother's dead? And uh-oh, what does Serena think? Yeah, um, you know that was really like couple, whoa. Couple, yeah, couple couple things. Uh, one one is uh, that um, uh, I I I love having sort of you know little inside you know, little inside jokes in, in my books. And, and, you know, obviously most people don't, aren't even aware of them, but uh, uh, there's a, uh, there's a, a, a lovely young woman named uh, Delaney Vavra, who's a real person in, yeah. in Duluth. Uh, and she, um, uh, she was helping us out at one of the big Duluth events uh, a few years ago. And her family are, they're huge fans and supporters of my books. And uh, so I, I, I thought it would be a lot of fun for them if I, if I, if I included a character in one of my books named Delaney, and so um, so mm-hmm. that's that's where Delaney came from as as uh, as a character, and uh, so that I, you know, that kind of thing is always really fun for for me as an author. Um, and um, you know what's going on here with this this separate case, this cold case. Um, mm-hmm. We mentioned that that Serena makes some some uh, rather significant mistakes as she's um uh as she's investigating the the Webster case because of again the you know mm-hmm. the, the the issues of her mother are starting to weigh on her and and ultimately Serena gets um you know gets pulled off the the Webster case and and essentially sort of suspended in place um and and Maggie tells her to you know to to stay off the case and and kind of keep a low profile because otherwise she's just plain going to have to, you know, kick her off the force for a while. And so Serena is, is feeling, you know, frustrated and, mm. and unhappy with where things are. And, and, and she starts digging into um, her, her cold case files. Um, and um, uh, she, she finds herself stopping at a case uh, that, that came up a couple of years earlier uh, where there was <clears throat> a, a suicide um, and, um mm. It involved it involved a mother who ended up leaving her daughter Delaney um, on her own, and um, uh, and um, and Serena finds herself drawn back into this case. And initially, um, she thought it was pretty open and shut um, that the woman mm. had killed herself. And and um, Serena, as she rereads the file, begins to realize that she may have kind of jumped to conclusions about what was going on there because um, the, the woman's family didn't believe that she would ever have committed suicide and left Delaney alone. And now here's Serena, who, of course, essentially is, is an orphan herself now with, um, you know, with her mother having passed away and, and understands the idea of being you know, on her own as, as a teenager. And, uh, and so she starts, um, she starts beginning to dig into this case again and starts to ask questions again about um, was this really a suicide or is it possible that she actually made a mistake and, and wrote off a case that had more complicated issues behind it. And that's what, you know, brings her in touch with, with Delaney. And, um, uh, and, and she starts to, you know, ask Delaney questions and finds that, you know, Delaney seems to be keeping secrets of her own. Uh, and Delaney is, is both a teenager and a, and a college student. And, and so she's going to the U of M like Kat is. And so Kat ends up getting pulled into this as well because Kat, uh, starts to, to get to know Delaney and talk to Delaney and, and starts to try to get information for Serena about what 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 are the things that, that Delaney's not telling, uh, not not admitting to about her relationship with her mother and, and what was really going on back then. So it, it becomes not only a very in, intricate part of the mystery, but um, at the same time it also makes for a really 
interesting you know dynamic of relationships with with Serena and Delaney and this old case and how this dredges up everything about her own mother and then Kat and Delaney sort of you know stumbling their way toward a friendship because they're both very smart they've both you know had a lot of stress in their lives and Kat has never been good about having you know ha- having you know girlfriends and yeah. um, and so she's she's you know starting to She's starting to kind of, you know, see if, if, you know, there's an opportunity here for her actually to, you know, to, to trust someone and become friends with someone uh, in, in this new part of her life. And uh, so I like where that, that whole relationship is going. Well, there are a couple of characters that I have. I'm so aggravated. I had the, the I just created these questions last night at 10 o'clock, as you know, because like I said, my, my computer deleted my review and everything. The reviews are my notepad, so I'm not worried about that. The questions just disappeared, so what can I say? <laughs> but there are a couple of characters that deal with, with what happened to Chelsea and about the um, ransom money. But this scene really got me. There's a little boy, and this also, this is a third plot, right, Brian? With abuse, child abuse. So Serena has to deal with a little boy named Elton who needs to be in child services, so what does she do? And I would have done what? the same thing. Not, that's not quite true. Um, I know. Uh, <laughs> I know. Uh, I would have done it, the same thing, sort of. Yeah, it, it's similar, but um, Elton, well, first of all, you, I, I think readers will um, will sort of get the clue that uh, that, that I'm, I'm sort of a, a, an Elton John fan since my, my preceding book was Funeral for a Friend, which, of course, is based on the title yeah. of an Elton John song. And now here we have uh, someone named Elton showing up in uh, in the Zero Night. Um, yeah. Uh, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Elton is is not a boy. Elton is a, a dog. Yeah. Uh, and, I know. Uh, and, I love Elton. And, and you know, and the, the, it's what what here's the so Serena Serena is still on the, the Webster case, and, and she goes to talk to um to, to to the Webster's neighbors across the street basically to find out did they see anything the night that Chelsea Webster was kidnapped um and as she's going yeah. to talk to this this you know upwardly mobile newcomer family in Duluth uh she finds that their their dog um uh their their border collie is um leashed tied up outside soaking wet because the rain's been coming and nobody inside um, mm-hmm. has remembered that the dog is still outside in the rain. And, and, um, and so Serena, you know, tells them, Hey, you've got to bring your dog in. Um, and, uh, you know, and they're, they're, they're making excuses back and forth and they're saying, and the husband and wife start arguing that the kids aren't taking care of the dog. And, and, you know, uh, uh, and in the midst of all this, they still don't bring the dog in. And so after this interview, Serena goes outside and, and waits and, um, more time passes and she hears, you know, more arguments and, and here's the kids up inside and they still don't come in and take their dog out of the rain. And, and Serena does something that, that I don't think even she really understands. Um, but she ultimately just plain takes the dog. She, she, you know, takes it off its leash, takes it to the car, yeah. essentially, essentially steals the, 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 the family's dog. Um, and, um, and, you know, it's it's one of those it's one of those moments that's really important in the creation of a book for me because um, mm-hmm. I I try to outline loosely that I, I know where the story is going I know all the key benchmarks of the mystery I know who did what to whom and why but what I um, what I I leave open is the idea that 
things can come up along the way that I'm not necessarily anticipating that will shape where the where the characters are going. When I when I did an outline for the Zero Night, uh, there was no Elton in the the outline. There was no Serena stealing the dog. It was truly. I didn't. And when I got to the chapter where um, where Serena is going to interview this family, um, it was as if um, you know Serena discovered this dog at the same time that I discovered this dog, and and mm. you know I, I I wrote it into the chapter, and and got to the end of the chapter and and realized that um, this was what Serena was going to do. She was going to take that dog, uh, and that somehow I knew that that this dog and the act of stealing this dog was an important part of Serena dealing with uh, her childhood and, and what happened with her mother. And I didn't even really know exactly why at that point, but I knew that this was significant. Uh, and so that's why Serena takes the dog. Uh, and, of course, it, it sort of blows up in her face. Maggie can't understand what the hell's going on with Serena, and she's telling her, you yeah. know, these people back there, dog. Uh, and she doesn't, and she takes the dog with her, and and um, and it's as if you know it it it's Serena needs to have this you know this dog with her, and she starts telling the dog things about her past that she hasn't told Stride and she hasn't told Cat, and Cat of course thinks this is all very funny, and she comes you know to visit Serena, and they're out on the beach, and she's looking at the dog, and she's like, well, did you replace me with a dog uh, when I went away to college? And um, so um, so so Elton is, I mean, he, he's a uh, he's a, a an important character in the book, even being even being a dog, and and I, I think that you you ultimately can't really understand Serena and her past and her childhood and her mother without understanding the nature of Serena's relationship with with Elton the the dog. And uh, that's so why I said he was a, a child, because yeah, everybody considers their dog part. their child, well, especially my brother who right. considers yeah. Bella Bella his, and she's huge. She's a pit bull rock. Whatever, Rattweiler. Yeah, she, yep, she's huge. Yep. But Elton, you know, there's so. a lot of abuse between animal abuse and whatever. And I get upset because I wa- I was in a pizza place a long time ago, in the Bronx before we moved. And this lady was with her dog. I said, if you want to lose the dog and your kids, you better knock it off, because yeah. she. You could tell. I could tell child abuse. Like I dealt with it in school. It's it's terrible. But Serena has a problem. So trust is a valuable asset between Serena and Stride, right? And Kat comes to play, but we have to get back to Chelsea. Why was Chelsea in Hink's house? And I'm not sure if I have the right word, but this is um, this Broadway and Gavin, and what are geocaches? Oh, yes, 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 yeah. I had to go through Um, the book last night. I was having a fit because of these questions, whatever, but I wanted to make sure, (laughs) yeah. So tell us about that. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, you know, the, 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 this, this investigation into the kidnapping um, takes all sorts of interesting little twists and turns. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, secrets that, that Gavin Webster is, is keeping about his, his job as an attorney and, and who he represents mm-hmm. and the nature of his relationship with his wife. And, uh, and, and the, um, the investigation take, Stride and Maggie to uh, they they ultimately meet a, a very interesting uh, person who, who who simply goes by the name Broadway and uh, mm-hmm. I, I got Broadway's an all new character he's, he's one of my favorite new characters he runs this uh, he, he's very mysterious he runs this illegal gambling operation uh, mm. in, in Duluth and uh, uh, it's it's a it's a, an under the table gambling setup where um, rich people in Duluth 
uh, come secretly to, to this location, which is always changing. And um, uh, as, um, as as they investigate, they see that you know that, that Gavin that Gavin was involved in trying to to get rid of the legal hurdles uh, that, that Broadway faced. And uh, and that you know that there's some kind of relationship. And of course, when you're talking about an illegal under the table gambling operation uh, that involves a lot of cash trading hands, Stride and Maggie's first question is, well, if Gavin found a hundred thousand dollars in cash to pay the ransom, did he get this from Broadway? Um, and uh, and so uh, Broadway is this very he's a he's a young smooth character. I I, I am confident. We will meet Broadway again in a future Stride novel because he's he's just a great he's just a great character. Um, but um, but that's how how they start to kind of dive down into um, the uh, uh, the issues of what's really been going on with with Gavin Webster and uh, uh, and then one of mm. Gavin's strange hobbies begins to um, come to the fore and uh, uh, Gavin uh, is into geocaching. And uh, yeah. I, I don't know if you and your listeners know what geocaching is, but it's it's a hugely popular hobby, um, and and there are you know websites devoted to this and databases of geocaches. Essentially, what it is is that you know all over the country, really all over the world, uh, people go and hide little little things um, in in mm. unexpected places, and uh, there are databases of where these geocaches are. And and what the databases include are the GPS coordinates for um, the database. So that will get you within probably, you know, 20, 30 feet or so of where a geocache is located. And you have mm. thousands and thousands of people that, that, that do geocaching as a hobby, and they will use the, 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 the GPS locators on their phone to, 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 to hike through the woods and in urban settings to find the locations where these geocaches are hidden, because once you get there, it's not necessarily that easy to find. The, geoca- the, the GPS will get you close, but then you have to figure out where is it really hidden. And when they, they, they find it, they don't take it. The point is that um, they just put their, essentially their, their, their names on a list that they were, mm. um, they, they were ones that found it. And most of what's in these things are, are sort of nonsense little little uh, little things, um, but um, they Stride and Maggie begin to discover that 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 Gavin was was out geocaching, um, and yet was he out geocaching because you know he he and he he's traced to a, sort of a distant location in the woods, um, and that leads them to to wonder was he out geocaching or was he actually scouting locations where one might hide. Uh, a body if uh, uh, if one had not actually kidnapped uh, your wife but in fact had had murdered her so that whole geocaching uh, issue becomes kind of a question of uh, what was what was Gavin really doing out there in in the woods and uh, mm. what what are they going to find when they start looking okay before i forget on Tuesday next week. Okay, people, I did four interviews this week. This is the fourth one. I'm really impressed with myself. And on the first, we have New York Times author Deb Pines' Wicked Schemes. On the third, we have a different kind of show. Pastor Michael Jones will talk about his new online university and how he feels he wants to teach new authors, new authors how to become Amazon authors. 
On the 7th, I have to redo The Perfect Brother because we had the clock went out on, I don't know how that happened. It had, I said about 120 minutes and they did 15, so I have to do that over. On the 8th, I'm excited. Philip Margolin is going to be here with Murder at Black Oaks, a Robin Lockwood. And he better not kill us any more characters. Seriously. He's great. <laughs> I know. And on the 10th, I didn't get a confirmation, but he better do it. John Land, Blood Moon with Henry Graham. On the 14th, we have the number one pain management interventionist doctor in Westchester, Dr. Sabina Shu. When It Hurts, and with Linda Spear, her um, co-author. On the 16th, we have a panel show. We're going to talk about Trime and Crew Trime. And that's just part of November. And December is even big. And if you have a new book, people coming out, you better tell me, because i got two more dates left in January, and February is starting to fill up for whatever reason. Yeah. So... The the most important thing is the conference is Zach and Delaney and the confrontation between Kat and Delaney. So how is that Zach in relation to Delaney? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, Zach Delaney. I I I I really love Delaney as as a character and and yeah, me too. Uh, I, I think, yeah, she. I, 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 as I say, I think I see more for her in the series as well because I think there's just you know some real opportunities oh, for growth and and for that that friendship between Cat and Delaney I think can play an important role going forward. But you mm-hmm. know Delaney, like Serena, is dealing with issues connected to her mother and and um, you know uh, and her mother committed suicide or did she commit suicide and and what secrets are is Delaney keeping from back then that that is part of the. Um, you know the, the 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 stress of her life. Uh, Zach was her boyfriend back then, um, and and um, the, all of a sudden, uh, after after having been you know close to Zach for for a long time, and, and they were getting ready to go to college together, suddenly um, suddenly Delaney just dumped Zach and 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 walked away and and broke off the relationship and never really explained to Zach why she did that um, and. Uh, uh, and so, you know, Kat's trying to find the answer to that question, and, and Serena is is mm. starting to dig into, um, you know, what role did uh, Zach and his family play in this, and does any of this somehow tie into what really happened to um, to Delaney's mother? And uh, so it becomes a very uh, a very intricate web among the characters, um, but uh, it, it forces, you know, it forces Kat and Delaney to kind of um, face each other, talk to each other, uh, and, and um, you know, they're both smart, they're both competitive, they, they you know, they, they both struggle to trust, you know, other girls, uh, and, and yet they, they start to, they start to realize that, you know, they, they can each rely on the other, and that there's something, there's something there in terms of their, their friendship. Well, the history with Serena, I figured this one out. I understand what zero night means. <laughs> yeah, I got that. that's, that's an that's an important that's an important thing. I mean, the because um, yeah. you know people people ask me, well, what what what's the, the nature of the zero night in terms of the title? And um, you know, Serena, I got that. As, yeah, Serena as a character. I mean, Serena coming out of her past, 
I mean, she's she's an alcoholic, and she knows she's prone to, to you know, mm. substance abuse and addiction. And um, she's been sober for a long, long time. And um, like like many alcoholics, she has sort of mentally kept count of the number of days that she's been without a drink. And sort of each night before she goes to bed, her her mind kind of automatically ups that number by one. So she knows exactly what the, the number is, the number of nights that she survived without having a drink. And, and so given everything going on in Serena's life, uh, the, the loss of her mother and, and the, the, you know, the suspension from, from work because of her mistakes and this new cold case that she feels she may have made, you know, a, a horrible error in judgment about what really happened to Delaney's mother, all that is feeding into um, that, that wavering of, of where is she in terms of her sobriety. And so that really becomes a, a key question of, of the whole book is, is, is Serena able to, you know, maintain her sobriety or will that number in her head uh, ultimately go back to zero? And so that's where, that's where the, the title comes from. That's the essence of the zero night. Well, I, 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 you know, a lot of people have alcohol addictions, which is really sad. I personally have the only addiction I have is coffee. That's it, people. Caffeine. <laughs> yeah, I share it. I share that one with you, yes. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I overdo it. I mean, I, I yeah, get, me too. Yeah, for those of us that did, you know, when your stomach bothers you, who cares? Um, today I only had three so far, and I'm definitely going to have two more. It, it makes <laughs> me feel so much better. I don't eat. I'm allergic to real milk, so not like I can't eat ice cream, and I can't have um, cake because it's got milk in it. So my only, oh, you know, sure. is, is is that. And for those of you that are allergic to milk, oat milk ice cream isn't bad. It's got you, but you got to be careful. It's too much sugar. But so <laughs> I stay 106 pounds and don't have to worry about gaining weight. So coffee's it. So what 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 does Serena still have to face? She and Stride have to really come to grips because the two of them are still at opposite ends of the world. So what's going to happen with them? Because I'm worried. You can't get them divorced. That would make me very sad. No, 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 no. But, yeah, that's, that, that will be the interesting thing. I mean, again, um, yeah. you know, I, 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 I'm always, the first thing I'm looking at in terms of a series book and, and where it goes next is where, where are the characters. Um, and uh, um, it, I, I know that as soon as the Zero Night comes out, I'm going to have more people asking me, um, that you know, is this is this the end of the is this the end of the Stride series? Um, no. And I I, th- I I get that with every book. Um, because and that, I think that's very deliberate because um, uh, I I try to end each um, each book with sort of a a sense of emotional closure. I want um, uh, and I do that very deliberately because I want. Uh, if for some reason, I mean, I want to be continuing to write stride books for a long time to come, but I know that, you know, life is uncertain and you never know what the, the future brings. So if for any reason I was able to, I was not able to do more stride novels, I want to end each book in such a way that people, that readers feel like it's a complete creative product. And if that were the last book in the series, then they'd, they'd be able to read the entire series and, and get that sense of emotional closure that, that brings everything together. That was true at the end of Funeral for a Friend. I think it's also true mm-hmm. at the end of the Zero Night. But obviously my hope is to, to keep, you know, keep those things going. And, and, to, and, and, um, and there's lots of opportunities, I think, um, based on where the characters are for what kind of happens next in their lives. Um, but the, for me, the, the interesting thing is um, I don't know. I, I don't know where they go next. Um, 
I sort of deliberately don't really think about mm-hmm. that until I get to the point of starting to plot out um, mm-hmm. a, a new stride novel, um, because at that point, then I can start really sort of reflecting on, on where the characters are in their lives and, and what's going to happen next. Um, but uh, for, for the moment, um, I'm, you know, I, 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 I like kind of where I, I've left those characters, and, uh, and then we'll see what, you know, then we'll see what the future holds. Well, what's next for you, and where can everybody get all of this series? By the way, the book I really loved this year was I Don't Remember, I Remember You. Yeah, I, I I remember you. Is I've I've been thrilled with the reaction from from readers on I remember you. I love it's that It's a very book. Michael. It's a Michael Crichton esque kind of thriller. Really, sort yeah. of an interesting out there kind of medical sort of thriller. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I've been just I, the, the 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 readers have just really taken to that book, which which I love. And it's a standalone, which again means people can dive dive right in with without any issues. Yeah, it's been a busy it's been a busy year. I mean, you figure really I've had four launches this year. The the Ursula the print and ebook edition of the Ursulina, the follow-up to the Deep Deep Snow, came out in February. I can't. It, so much has happened since then. I can't believe that you know it was only this year that the Ursulina came out. <clears throat> and then my third Jason Bourne novel, The Bourne Sacrifice, came out in July. And uh, it was I good remember too. You came, yeah, I, yeah. I, it, it's really so much fun writing the Bourne novels. In fact, the fourth Bourne novel is already. Uh, done. I'm, I'm in the final stages of getting that ready to turn in. Um, and then I remember you came out in, in August, and now we have Stride mm-hmm. coming out on November 1st. So it's been a big year. Um, uh, this I, I feel like I'm slacking. You know, I've only written one book this year. I've written the fourth uh, Born novel this year, but uh, it, it, there's been a lot going on for, for me and Marsha this year, so it's been kind of good to have an opportunity to, to actually, you know, not spend every waking hour writing. Uh, so uh, um, next year will be a little lighter in terms of launches, but after, I think, nine books in the last three years, I, I think I've, I've earned a little bit of a break from that. So, But, but next year, the writing schedule is going to be kind of crazy again and uh, multiple projects on the horizon, all of them really interesting and fun, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And if people want to uh, find out more about my books, they can go to my website, which is bfreemanbooks.com. That's all one word, bfreemanbooks.com. And there's summaries of all my books. There's links to purchase them online. Uh, you can find out everything about my different series about the Born books, about Stride, about my standalones. Uh, so that's all out there at bfreemanbooks.com. And then folks can find me on social media as well. I'm on mm-hmm. Twitter and Instagram, also at bfreemanbooks. Uh, and then I'm on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash bfreemanfans. Uh, and um, and I love I love hearing from readers whether they send me emails whether they post on my social media pages uh, that's you know that that's always really fun for me I, I like to have a chance to to build relationships with readers and, and hear what they think about the books and uh, so I I'm I'm out there on my social media accounts every day so I, I always encourage people to to send me messages and posts and send me emails uh, I, I love to hear what they think about the books well people you're gonna hear my voice on Tuesday when I post my review. <laughs> um, Fran doesn't post negative reviews ever I have a mole I have a creed I, If I don't like the book And it's not three and a half, four stars That wouldn't happen with yours ever um, I, don't, I don't review the book I just write a summary Every author writes something And they really work hard And it's wrong to sell, sell somebody That their book is horrible And yeah, I know I how that feels yeah, and I think I that's, a really, that's a really healthy. I, re, I think that's a really healthy approach too. I mean, I think that so much yeah. of 
you know, so much of, of our society has become so critical and yeah, harsh and are. negative. And I, I don't I don't know whether it's, you know, TV shows like, you know, Survivor and, and you know, the, the Voice and all these things where, where they just, you know, have all these critics that, that you know, make ratings yeah, on mean to people. And I think I, I, I find that very discouraging. And, and I, I totally agree with you. I mean, it, it has, you know, being an author has made me very sensitive to how I review other sorts of experiences mm-hmm. in my life, whether it's, you know, restaurants or movies or hotels or whatever. I, you yeah, know, I, I look at these things and I think, you know, I mean, I look at these things and think, you know, whatever the, whatever it is, there have been a lot of people that have put their heart and soul into this. And, you know, the fact that I don't like something, if I don't like a movie, if I don't like a book, if I don't like a, a, a song, you know, that's okay. I mean, you know, there, there are plenty of different genres and plenty of different experiences for people. Um, but, you know, because I don't like it doesn't mean other people aren't going to like it. And I'm not, going to, you know, dump on the efforts of another artist um, because, you know what, if, if it wasn't for me, that's fine. Then they weren't writing for me, but there are other people out there that will take things away from it. And I don't want to discourage those people from, from trying to find it and discover it because if somebody doesn't, you know, read something or watch something because I, I said I didn't like it, well, maybe they're missing out on, you know, a great experience. So I agree. And, you know, it's funny because <laughs> I've been elected as an elite reviewer for Yelp. Seriously, and yeah, they yeah. yell at me. Yeah, and they don't too, do yeah. book reviews, but I do restaurant reviews. And the pizza place yeah. down the block is a brand new guy, and they make specially stuff for me. I can't say what, but they do. They go out of their way for me. And the last time I put a review, 594 people thanked me for writing the review on Yelp. Right. The la- yeah, I can't. You know, I can't believe everybody reads this. They do. So, you know, people don't realize they do read your work. When I post your review on Tuesday, I guarantee 20 people are going to read it in five minutes because I don't know why, but they just read just reviews. But thank you so much. And tell Marsha she's doing a great job, you know, promoting you. She's great. Thank you. Thank you, Fran. It's always great to talk to you. Thank you so much. And everybody, it's a beautiful day outside. But first, go to the bookstore and get a couple of copies of Zero Night. Order them online. Hanukkah is coming. Christmas is coming. And the best present to me is a book. Everybody have a great day. Thank you, Brian. And bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.